It's 7.30 a.m. You wake up, walk downstairs, pour yourself a steaming hot cup of coffee, and you add a little bit of maple syrup in it. On your way out the door to campus, you put in your earbuds and you listen to this episode of the science behind that podcast. You get to campus and you head to your first class of the day, nutrition. Once you get to class on the syllabus, it says you're supposed to be talking about complete nutrition and food. And that reminds you of something. When you were a kid, you remember everyone, all the adults telling you that fat-free is good. But what exactly is fat-free food? And is it actually healthy for you? Well, let's talk about that on today's episode of The Science Behind That. Welcome to The Science Behind That with Atticus Hamilton. Hello, all you scientists out there, and welcome on back to the Science Behind That podcast. I'm Atticus Hamilton, and before we get started today, I... Look, you know, I didn't intend to take almost like a three-month break, but uh, I had finals and and whatnot. But anyway, I'm not going to make excuses. Just wanted to say uh, I'm sorry about that. Um... I'm I'm definitely going to try. It is summer break now, and I'm definitely going to try and stick to my Monday and Friday schedule. Um, and so, for all of you old scientists out there, welcome on back. And for all of you new listeners, welcome to the science behind that. Make sure to pour yourself a cup of coffee, add a little bit of maple syrup before we begin. So, in the intro, you uh, you guys heard that we're going to be talking about. What exactly is fat-free food? And we're going to be breaking this down into three ways. What is it? Where did it come from? And is it actually healthier for you? Um, And before we get into like what it actually is, we're going to talk about where it came from because those two things kind of, um, they kind of go hand in hand with each other. So... Fat-free food kind of started in the 1980s. Um, at least that's when it really became mainstream, and that's when it picked up like a lot of attention. Um, and so, basically, what happened was in the 1980s, you had um, fast food companies and other large food entities like, um, well. I'm not sure if I should name any brands, but, you know, they make a a dark um, brown uh, cola drink. Um, Other ones, you know, they make chips, um, name brand chip brands. I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about. But these companies basically said, how can we make our food cheaper to produce and yet appeal to a more health-conscious populace? Um, and this is important because for all of you old scientists out there listening to this, I'm sure you guys know that the 80s and 90s was when we first started to see, like, um, a large emphasis on health and healthy eating. And so what these food entities decided was that an easy way to make food cheaper is to remove the fat from the food. And I know that sounds ironic. Um, but it's true. Uh, they found that an easy way to make food cheaper was to remove the fat from the food. But 
you can't just remove fat from something and then eat it because if you do it'll taste like cardboard regardless of what it is because fat adds flavor um and so what they decided was that you can remove the fat from food and add sugar to it and some companies even decided you know what let's add this new compound that was created in 1960 that we can get for really really cheap called high fructose corn syrup and they found out that if you remove fat and add sugar it makes it taste a lot better and so what ended up happening was over a 10-year uh, span um, between the 1980s and early 1990s, these fast food companies started marketing their fat-free products as healthy products, as health food, right? And I'm sure some of you older scientists out there remember this, um, but this whole thing kind of started back then of fat is bad. That's what it leads to obesity, um and was this based on medical science not really um during that time there were very early preliminary studies into the health effects of fat consumption um and some of them came back negative but the problem with these studies was one it didn't make a distinction between um, you know, mono or polyunsaturated fat, saturated fat, and transacetylated fatty acid. Um, and there is a huge distinction there, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and additionally, the sample sizes of, the, of these studies were really, really small. And so ultimately, this created a cultural attitude that fat was bad for you and that sugar, you know, we're not going to talk about sugar. And I don't know about you guys, but this kind of bled over into the early 2000s because I remember when I was going to school, I had to take health classes in like elementary school and middle school. And I remember that all of them would say like, don't drink whole milk, drink 2%, don't don't eat eggs, you know, and now we have a, a lot of medical data that shows that those ideologies are just, um, completely ridiculous uh but it was kind of perpetuated by these food entities initially and so what happened that kind of led to the current obesity problem we have in the united states and around the world so we we've mentioned where it came from but what exactly is it so fat-free food we also kind of mentioned this is just food where the manufacturer removes all the fat from it or most of it and they add sugar to it. And spoiler alert, the real culprit of obesity and heart disease is sugar, not fat. But not all sugars. So let's talk about what types of sugars are good and what types of sugars are bad. Because I know that you know you hear prominent people all the time rants about how bad sugar is but nobody actually tells you what sugar is good and what sugar is bad so let's break it down there's only really one type of bad monosaccharide and a monosaccharide is the simplest type of sugar and that's fructose and so anything for the most part any sugar that has fructose in it is not going to be good for you so some healthy sugars include lactose, which is lactose and galactose, which are milk sugars, um, maltose, which is going to be a barley sugar um, that you often have in like beer, 
Um, and that's good for you because even though it has fructose, you really only use maltose for baking and the uh, yeast metabolize the fructose. Um, and then glucose is good for you. Glucose is extremely important. Um, and in a bit, we'll talk about why those are good for you. Um, and the bad sugar is fructose. So anything that has fructose is not going to be good for you. And that includes sucrose or table sugar. So table, table sugar is a type of sugar known as a disaccharide, which is a sugar made up of two smaller sugars. And those smaller sugars are going to be fructose and glucose. And I want to emphasize here that the issue with table sugar is not the glucose. The issue with table sugar is the fructose. So why is this? You know, why is fructose bad? And, and of course, this includes high fructose corn syrup. The reason is because fructose is metabolized differently in the body than lactose and glucose are. So in the body, glucose is metabolized by the liver as most other sugars are. Lactose is special because half of lactose is going to be metabolized by the bacteria in your gut. So... Um, yeah, lactose really isn't bad for you because it doesn't really produce any harmful end products. Glucose, when it's metabolized in the liver, produces a energy storage molecule called glycogen. Glycogen is really, really, really important. It is a polysaccharide. It is a branched polysaccharide, which just means it's it's a sugar molecule that has a ton of other smaller sugar molecules branching off of it like a tree. And it is the primary energy, uh, like the primary energy uh, source for your skeletal muscle. And that's really, really important. So, you know, if you're going to go work out, you want to eat something that has a lot of glucose three hours before. Eat something that has glucose and protein. So you build up your glycogen reserves. But it's but glycogen is not bad. It is very important for your body. And your muscles use it as their go-to energy source. Except for your heart muscle. Your heart muscle uses what are called ketone bodies. But that's for another episode. So, lactose is metabolized by the gut. And it does not produce any harmful end products. Glucose is metabolized by the liver. And produces the beneficial end product, um glycogen. So how is fructose metabolized? Well, fructose is metabolized in a similar pathway to alcohol. So it is metabolized in your liver and it goes down through um, a very complex pathway um, called the acetylcholinesterase pathway, but we don't need to break down the whole pathway. The important thing is what are the end products? The end product of fructose metabolism is LDL and a leptin inhibitor. So let's talk about the LDL first. LDL stands for low-density lipoprotein. This is also called colloquially bad cholesterol. LDL is low-density lipoprotein because what happens is when it's in your blood, it contributes to... Um, plaque formation or arteriosclerosis, that word is always hard for me to say, but it contributes to 
heart disease and plaque formation because what happens is when it's in your blood, it precipitates out of your blood and settles on the uh, vascular endothelium. And that's not good because what happens is the immune system sees the LDL as a pathogenic threat. And so you have macrophages that go around in the vasculature ingesting this low-density lipoprotein, and then they become a type of immobile cell called a foam cell. And so basically, and so that contributes to the plaque. So basically, the plaque in your arteries is composed of numerous macrophages that have ingested low-density lipoprotein and become foam cells and more immune cells which have built built up and accreted like a mound in the inside of the arterial wall. Additionally, LDL also increases the formation of um, uh, complex storage lipids in adipocytes or fat cells. So it increases the number of fat cells. And so that's really bad because the one of the two products of fructose metabolism is the causative agent of heart disease, um, atherosclerosis, and of weight gain. The other component is a leptin and um, uh, a leptin inhibitor. And what this does is it basically inhibits the effects of a hormone called leptin, which is produced in your stomach to tell your brain that you're full. And so because this inhibits leptin, your stomach will not tell your brain that you're full. So you'll eat more of the high fructose food than you would of normal food because your brain is not receiving that satiation signal. That is why fructose is bad for you. Um, and that is the big issue because fructose is in everything. And it didn't... It didn't really used to be in everything, but it is in everything. And so, basically, this whole idea that fat was the culprit of obesity is inaccurate. It was the fructose in the low-fat food, ironically, that is the component, or that, that is the primary contributor to obesity. Now, because we've talked about it so much, let's briefly talk about um, the uh, fats and like what's healthy and what's bad for you. So transacetylated fatty acids are just universally bad for you because they exacerbate atherosclerosis from the fructose metabolism. Luckily, um, trans fatty acids, as they're called, are banned in the United States. I'm not sure about in other parts of the world because I do. I know I have a lot of um, international listeners. I don't know about in other parts of the world, but they are banned in the United States. And so you really want to stay away from those at all costs. Now, animal fats are going to be your saturated fatty acids. And then your um, plant fats or your fats that are liquid at room temperature are going to be your mono and polyunsaturated fatty acids. Those are really good for you. That's like olive oil. Those are really, really good for you. Um, your animal fats are, are less good for you. Um, 
but in the recent in recent years we have learned that some animal fats such as those in egg white and yolk actually decrease the concentration of low density lipoprotein or LDL in your blood um, which is really really good so ladies and gentlemen the moral of the story is avoid food that says fat free <laughs> avoid it and that includes skim milk 1% milk and 2% milk because what happens right when you remove that fat what have we said all along you add sugar and you guys can check me on this compare a, a gallon of 2% 1% skim milk to whole milk whole milk will say it will have sugar in it but that sugar is lactose which is good sugar Whereas the 1%, 2%, and skim milk will all have added sugar to it. And that is not good. Now, one more thing I wanted to touch on before um, I see you guys again on Monday is that um, artificial sweeteners have really come into the mainstream these days. And artificial sweeteners are a hit and miss. First off, ladies and gentlemen, do not eat aspartame. Stay away from aspartame. Aspartame is a known human carcinogen, okay? If you must have an artificial sweetener, there are two roughly healthy uh, options that I could suggest. One is stivial glycosides or stevia. The other one is called sucralose. So sucralose is, it's made of two sucrose molecules that are fused together with a chlorine atom. And you may be saying, well, Atticus, I thought you said sucrose is bad. It is, but sucralose is not metabolized by the body because of that chlorine bond. The body cannot break that chlorine bond, so it cannot break apart those two sucrose molecules. So all it does is add taste. So it's not metabolized by the body, and that is very, very important to understand. So, moral of the story is, ladies and gentlemen, if you drink milk, drink whole milk, eat eggs. Eggs are great for you. Eggs, eggs have so many benefits to you um, that we could, we could do an entire episode on that if you guys wanted. Um, and if you must have an artificial sweetener, go with either stevia, uh, stivial glycosides or um, sucralose. Just use them very sparingly because they're around 280 times sweeter than sugar. Um, so ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening. I I promise I will do my best to stick to my usual Monday-Friday upload schedule. On Monday, we're actually going to be talking about um, what the SARS-CoV-2 vaccine is. Um, that I'm really excited for. That'll be a fun episode. Um, and as always, ladies and gentlemen, if you guys have any suggestions, questions, or comments about the show, send me an email at thesciencebt at gmail.com. I always like to hear from my listeners and respond to those. Um, and also, guys, you know, if you want to, let me know. Do you want to hear music in the background of this, or do you not want to hear music in the background? I've kind of been, you know, I've been fiddling around with that. So, anyway, thank you guys very much for listening. I will see you guys on Monday. Remember, as always, stand up and question everything.